0: Well, we'll just start with this Uh, woman takes her 16-year-old daughter to the doctor and she explains to the doctor, she says, I don't know what's going on with her, but she's had all kinds of strange cravings and she started putting on weight and she's sick a lot of times in the mornings and the doctor does a full examination and after a few minutes he says, ma'am, I don't know how to tell you this, but your 16-year-old daughter is pregnant. The woman says, oh, no, there's no way. She's never been alone with a man. Isn't that right, Debbie? And the the girl says, that's right. I've never even kissed a man. Well, the doctor, he just walks away over to a window and begins to stare out this window. And for a long time, and finally, the mother says, doctor, is there something wrong? Why are you staring out the window? He said, well, the last time that this happened, a star appeared in the east, and I don't want to miss it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't want to make light of the story that we're about to read. But maybe that little bit of humor in the story will remind us, though, of just how fantastic, how unbelievable in the natural this is. But we're going to read from Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. It tells us, now in the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man who was named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him and she she was troubled at his saying Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of her who has who was called barren. For with God... Nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the greatest interruption of human history, or rather, it is the greatest intervention of human history, that the human race hopelessly bound by by the sinful human condition in such desperate need of a savior. And this is the beginning of the fulfillment of all of those prophecies of the Old Testament. And how does God do it? He speaks a word. Oh, this is how he does it. This is how he did it from the very beginning. In the beginning, and God said, let there be, and it was. Let there be, and it was. What he says comes to pass. And Mary has the boldness, the faith to say, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. This Savior gave her this tremendous word. You know, in verse 30, it tells us that the angel told Mary she had found favor with God. I want you to understand this morning that, yes, Mary was very special, but you also need to understand that that same favor is available to all of us. Let me just explain it this way. If you go back to the original Greek text of the scriptures The word that is translated here as favor, it's only translated one other time in the New Testament as favor. In fact, it is almost always translated as grace. It is undeserved favor. And we all who are born again know that grace is how we've been saved. Ephesians 2.8 says, by grace are you saved. Through faith, and so we need to understand here this morning that yes, God showed His grace to Mary, but I also read in my Bible in Acts ten thirty four in the NIV it says it this way: God does not show favoritism. You need to know this because you need to realize that you are not excluded from the promises of God. You are not, you know, some kind of second rate citizen in the kingdom. He loves you. And his promises are for you. Mary believed, not because of how great she was, but because she believed that God had shown her grace, unearned favor. So, how do we receive of God's unearned favor, this grace? Well, the Bible tells us a couple of things very plainly about that. First and foremost, we can't receive God's grace, his favor, if we are proud. This is something that I talk about often, but it so needs to be said often because it is one of the marks of the last days is that people will be proud. They will be boasters, the Bible says. And it is all the rage in our day to even brag about our pride. But in the Scripture, it makes it so plain and clear that it is not about us, it is not about our ability, it is not about our goodness, but rather it is about God. It is about His power and ability and His goodness in our lives. And the Bible tells us this in James 4, 6, God resists the proud. I want to tell you that's a bad place to be. If God is resisting you, you're in trouble. But he gives grace to the humble. You see, when we are humble, when we acknowledge that we can't do anything on our own, that we need God, oh, then we become the recipients of his great grace. Next, to receive of that grace, we have to believe. I already mentioned it once. It's Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you've been saved through faith. You see, that grace is available to all mankind, but it can only be appropriated in our life by faith. It's when we believe. Even John 3.16 tells us that. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish Whoever believes in him, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. See, we got to remember this that yes, grace is available to us, but first we got to be humble before the Lord, and second, we got to believe. I will tell you, I see such humility in Mary as she said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Such humility. I see such faith in Mary when she says, Let it be to me according to your word. I mean, the natural response would have been, Are you kidding? Come on. And she says, With great faith, let it be to me according to your word. And it was, it happened just as the word of the Lord said that it would. Let it be to me according to your words. Such powerful words, such meaningful words, such faith-filled words. It is choosing to believe what the Lord had said even though it doesn't make sense to us. I want us to back up into the story here to verse 31. The angel said, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? She was saying, I'm still a." virgin, I've never been with a man and here's the thing, this time this was true, she's like how, how's, how can this possibly happen how could this be and I want to tell you that sometimes what God would ask of you, sometimes what God would speak to you, what God would say about you, you might think how can that be sometimes the plan, the will the purpose of God, it doesn't just go along with our plans it doesn't make sense to us I mean, it's hard to really imagine how this sounded to a young teenage girl. She's told that she's going to have a baby, and she's never been with anybody. Doesn't make sense to the natural mind. Here she is, this young woman who's engaged... I've told this before, but I just need to tell it this morning. So, when I was first called into the ministry, there was a real call and burden in my heart to minister to young people. But I just in my own self, I said, well, you know what? I can't speak publicly. That's not going to happen. And so, I decided right then and there, I thought, you know, I could be some kind of a Christian counselor. And I wanted to say something about that. That is very valid. That's real ministry. There's nothing lesser about that. But in my heart, I knew that wasn't what God really had for me. But you see, I was trying to reason it. I was trying to figure it all out myself. Somehow or another, God had his way with me I remember some years ago when I was still youth pastor and had some measure of success I was asked to come to Idaho and preach a youth camp and it's just a highlight one of those fun things awesome things that sometimes you get are privileged or blessed to get to do but when I went to this youth camp to preach there the, the youth pastor that had invited me he, he, told me that now the previous two years we had Reggie Dabbs, and I know that name doesn't mean anything to most of you, but Reggie Dabbs at that time was a nationally known youth speaker. And the two years before that, they had Eastman Curtis, who was also a nationally known speaker. I mean, they were big shots of the day. And so they'd had these two great youth youth speakers and for four years and then they had me you talk about intimidating I mean I, I'm not dumb I know what's what I ain't in that league but you know God used me anyway and when the camp was over he let me know he said well, some of the young people have really enjoyed this it really helped them and ministered to them because now you know they feel like God can use them. (laughs) Hey, that's okay. You can laugh. I actually feel good about this. I want you to know, God uses the ordinary. He's not limited by our ability. He's not limited by our gifting. Listen, this, this young lady, Mary, she was nobody. She came from nowhere. She came from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yes. God made her somebody. I mean, everybody knows her name now. I'm just telling you that sometimes the plan of God, the purpose the will of God may seem so strange to you and you can't understand it, you can't figure it all out, well, just remember Mary's response, be it unto me according to your word. That's that's the way that it has to be. It's choosing the will of God over our own, just like our Lord did in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed, not my will, but your will be done. See, I think a lot of people... <laughs> see, it, it wasn't an accident that the Lord chose Mary. He knew what he was doing. As I'll tell you, a lot of people would have said, look, I've already got plans. I mean, I'm supposed to be, supposed to be getting married. What am I going to tell my husband? How's this... You know, a lot of people would have resisted all of that. They would have rejected it on his face because it's so outlandish. And they, you know, here I am. I've got my life before me. How long had this young lady been planning her wedding and being married and looking forward to this time? And now, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. That's her response. So Joseph, you know, here's the other person In this picture, Joseph, when he finds out that she's pregnant, he's planning on quietly breaking it off with her. Until the angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream, it's Matthew 1, 20 and 21, and the angel says to him, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. I just want to say it again. Listen, I, I'm sure that this was not part of his plan either. This, this is so strange, so radical that here for this young couple, the baby that she's carrying, he's not the father of that baby. And yet they trusted God. They laid aside their plans, their will, in order to embrace the plan and purpose of God. And I want you to know that sometimes, you know what, God manages to use some bullheaded people who are resistant. Just like, you know, my first response to being called the ministry, maybe I'll be a counselor. Well, that didn't last very long, by the way. God straightened me out pretty quick. But I think about a guy named Moses who has an encounter with God with a burning bush where God speaks to him from this burning bush It's an awesome experience that he had. And the Lord tells him about how he's going to send him back to Egypt to bring his people out of Egypt, that they'll finally be delivered from their bondage in Egypt. And Moses begins to make excuse after excuse after excuse. And why this and how that and what if and what if and what if until finally the Bible says that the Lord was angry with Moses. But Moses went and did what the Lord said. But I just want you to understand this. It's best if we just say, behold your servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Oh, just get with the plan of God. Just let him have his way. Because I want to tell you something. The plans of man fail. See, sometimes we think our plan is good. You know, we've got our own plans. Well, let me tell you something. Our plans are like the scribbles of a four-year-old compared to the masterpiece that God has created for our life and how we just need to say, Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Those words align us with the will, the plans of God. They are words that require strength and perseverance and most of all, trust. And you know what? We see all of that in the life of Mary. Will he ask you to change your plans? Yes. Yes. I tell you, see, in our generation, it's all about, you know, having a plan and our goals and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Well, I got to tell you, it seldom works out just the way we think, doesn't it? But here's the bigger thing. God's plans are better. And there are times when we think we know how this needs to go, and God takes us another way. Happens a different way. Yes, there are going to be times when He will change your plans. Listen, in His plan, is is there going to be times when it's difficult, when it's hard? Yes! Yes! Are there going to be times when it is painful? Yes. Y'all real quiet right now. I know that's not the pop theology of the day. Right. I'm just yeah, amen. Yeah, I I'm just telling you the truth. Let me tell you some more truth. Your plans can get you in a huge mess, right. and it not going to go according to your plan. Believe me. Let me tell you something else going your way instead of God's way, is it going to be hard? Yes, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Right. I'll tell you something else. You cannot not serve God, you're going to have all kinds of pain in your life. Right. How much better it is when you serve the Lord and you get the blessing of God on your life. And yes, sometimes He wrecks your plan and sometimes it's hard and sometimes there's some pain. But it's always so worth it. I mean, you think about Mary. Did she go through some things? Yes, she did. And so much of it had to have been a struggle for her to stand back and to watch. In fact, Luke chapter 2 tells us that they took Jesus to the temple on the eighth day in obedience to the scripture for him to be circumcised. I want to read A little of the story there to you, it won't take long, it's verse 25 through 35, it says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. And there's that phrase again. You see, God had spoken to him and told him that, that he was going to live to see the Messiah come. And he says, it, it's happened. I'm going to get to depart in peace now, just as you said it would, according to your word. He says, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, alike to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. A sword will pierce through your own soul also. And for a mother to watch her child be persecuted and tortured and to die on a cross, certainly a sword pierced her soul. But she also got to see him risen from the dead. She also knows that he has a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. She also knows that he is the only one who is worthy to open the scroll. She knows that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. See, this is the way this works. Is there going to be some pain if you say yes, Lord, to the plan and purpose of God? Be it to me according to your word? Yes. Oh, but is it ever worth it? I tell you, God will bless you. That's what the angel declared to Mary that day. Blessed are you. And she was blessed. See, we just need to get this right. When we we say, be it to me according to your word. Oh, we are inviting the plan, the purpose, the will of God. And with it, it brings the blessing of God. You're going to go through some hard times? Well, yeah. Second Timothy three twelve says, "Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution." I mean, if you're going to live for God, I'm not talking about being a nominal Christian. You know, people, people not doing right, not really living for God, and you know something doesn't go their way, and they say they're being persecuted. Baloney. That's not persecution. When you're really living for God and serving the Lord and doing what God wants you to do, is there going to be times when other people don't understand and they give you a rough time or they mistreat you, talk bad about you? Yes. And a lot of the time, strangely, it's going to be your own brothers and sisters in Christ. So what are you going to do? Well, if you're a worldly carnal Christian... What you do is you get all mad and you buck up and you say, "I'm going to fight back. They're not going to treat me this way. I'm going to show them." Or you can hear the words of the Savior. You know what He says to do about it? He says in Matthew 5:11 and 12, "Blessed are you, blessed, yes, blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad." For great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, we, get, we ought to get all excited. Amen. I mean, when we're being mistreated, when people are saying ugly things about us, when people hurt you, rejoice. Because you've got a big reward in heaven. That's what Jesus said. there is always that flip side how much that God blessed Mary that not only did the angel call her blessed but generation after generation has called her blessed and I tell you she, she is still seeing the Lord's work through our Savior Jesus Christ let it be to me according to your word Mary believed the word spoken to her. I want you to think about this, that ever since the Garden of Eden, Satan has been challenging he has been trying to get people to not believe the word of god he is constantly questioning trying to bring into question the word of the lord and that's so true in our day and time that when people hear the scripture when they hear the word of god when they hear the promises of god they so often they just think oh that's nice wouldn't it be nice if only Whatever will be, will be. Baloney. Let it be according to your word. We need to, like Mary, make up our mind that what God speaks, we believe. We need to call ourselves His servant. Submit ourselves to His lordship and say, let it be to me according to your word. I tell you, God wants to bless us. He has good things for us. But we need to learn to trust Him. Mary so believed this outlandish, phenomenal promise that the Holy Spirit would come upon her, the power of the highest would overshadow her. The Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. I'm telling you, that's really out there. I don't know what God might speak to you, what promise He might speak to your heart, but... If Mary can believe, so can we. In Luke one thirty-eight, I want to read it one more time. It says, "Behold, the maid serv- uh, the, Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. A few verses later, it tells us about when she goes to see her cousin Elizabeth. And Elizabeth says to her Luke 1.45, Blessed is she who believed. For there will be a fulfillment of those things which she, were, which she was told from the Lord. Listen, there will be a fulfillment of those things that you've heard from God, that God has put in your heart. When he speaks to you from the scripture, there will be a fulfillment of those things. Amen. But here's the thing, you got to believe. Right. Blessed is she who has believed. There will be a fulfillment of those things which she were told from the Lord. So We need to believe God. And always take him at his word. You know, the Lord Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. And this is so important. It's prophesied in the Old Testament hundreds and hundreds of years before his birth. But Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin. So he could live a sinless life. He was not like the rest of us. He wasn't born in sin. He wasn't born with a sin nature. No, he was conceived of the Holy Spirit. He lived a sinless life so that he could die on the cross to pay the price for all of our sins. That's the way that it had to be. But understand this. We're all born in sin. And Jesus says very plainly in John chapter 3, You must be born again. He says that we have to be born of the Spirit. When we truly believe in Jesus, then we are born of Him, the Bible says. Born of Him. James, or excuse me, John 1 12 puts it this way as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name. We're his sons and daughters. We are born of him born of the Spirit of God. Are y'all getting this? Listen, if any man be in Christ, old things, we're a new creation, old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Be it unto me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. This word is true about you. If you receive Jesus You have the right to become a son, a daughter of God, be it unto me according to your word. I want to tell you, His word has power. 1 John 3, 9 in the NIV says this, No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he's been born of God. Now I want to tell you something. That doesn't mean that you're never ever going to mess up. But it does mean that you are not bound to that old sin nature anymore. It says that God's seed is in you be it unto me according to your word see when you become a child of God things are supposed to change the Bible says we are partakers of his divine nature we're not living the same old life no, we walk in the Spirit. We can have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. See, be it unto me according to your word. You say, well, I'm not experiencing all that. I don't see that. I don't know how that's going to work. I'm sure that Mary didn't know how any of that was going to work. But you've got to say, be it unto me according to your word. You've got to embrace and believe the word of God no matter how it looks, no matter what other people say. The Lord said it, and it was. His word does not return void. When he speaks, it happens. Let it be to me according to your word. I love this old story about Napoleon, the French emperor. One day, as he's riding his horse, inspecting his troops, his horse bolts and runs, and a private steps out from the ranks and grabs the horse and calms him down. And Napoleon looks down at the private, and he says, thank you, Captain. And the private looks up, and he says, of what guards, sir? Or, uh, of what regiment, sir? He said, of my guards. And so the private goes over to where all the officers are, and takes his place among the officers and the other officers look at him and, with disdain and they think, who's this guy, I think he is, and they say, what are you doing here, private? He said, I'm not a private anymore, I'm a captain. They said, of what regiment? He said, I'm the captain of the guards. And they said, what in the world makes you think that you're a captain? And he pointed down the line to Napoleon and said, he said so. They said, welcome captain. I want you to know something. If the the word of Napoleon is good enough, why isn't the word of God good enough? You may not look like what God calls you. You may not act sometimes what God says about you. But you need to start believing what God has said. Let it be according to your word. See, the enemy will come at you and he'll say, oh, you're not a new creation. You're still the same old stinking rotten person. Oh, you need to make up your mind to believe the Word of God, just like Mary and say, no, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. See, sometimes God calls those things that are not as though they were. Romans 4, 17, when Abraham and Sarah had wanted a child for so long and had never been able to have a child, Sarah had been barren all of her life and now Abraham is about a hundred years old the Bible says that he was as good as well here it is I will read it from Romans 4:17. it says I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him who, who he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did I want to tell you Abraham just believed what God said about him There was no other reason for him to have any hope that the word of God would come true. He just believed what God had said. But that was enough. And God fulfilled His word to Abraham. Gideon hiding out from the enemy. But God calls him a mighty warrior. Jacob, that deceiver. He deceived his own family. And God turns him into the prince of God. How about Simon, that reed, always blowing in the wind. Jesus calls him Peter, the rock. Now, he still had a few more Simon moments after that. But he turned into that rock in that early church where he preached and thousands were saved. And I just want you to understand that God can do that kind of a work in your life where he uses you in ways you never dreamed. Some of you, you had not been a good father. You can become the best father around. See, you need to quit limiting what God can do and say, be it unto me according to your word. Oh, Oh, he's more than able. It's not about us and what we can do. It's about him and what he can do. We just need to start taking him at his word. Listen, Romans 8, 29 has something to say about you. It says that he has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. See, that's the plan and purpose of God. you realize he's conforming you to be more and more like Jesus? I mentioned this one earlier. I want to say it again. 2 Peter 1, 4, we are partakers of his divine nature. 1 John 4 and 4 tells us that Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. See, whatever battle, whatever struggle you might be facing, you need to realize that God has put something on the inside of you that you can overcome. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Be unto me according to your word. I'm more than a conqueror. See, you need to make up your mind to believe the promises of God. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Be it unto me according to your word. I'll tell you what, goodness and mercy are following me all the days of my life. Be it unto me according to your word. You got some rough days? That's not when you bail and, and forget about the promise of God and say, woe is me. That's the day that you praise God and you say, goodness and mercy are following me. All the days of my life. You say, let it be according to your word. You know, the enemy is always working against you. And sometimes it it can seem just overwhelming. You need to remember the words of Jesus in Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you let it be to me according to your word. I don't have what it takes to do what you're asking of me. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses of me. I'm just telling you, there are promise after promise that these promises are for us, church. And we need to say, let it be to me according to your word. No evil shall befall you. No plague shall come nigh your dwelling. Let it be to me according to your word. You know, sometimes you blow it, you mess up big, and the enemy will just come along to beat you down and tell you that you're nothing and nobody. And it might work for others, but it doesn't work for you. But I want to tell you what 1 John 1, 9 says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, let it be to me according to your word. See, you can be cleansed from all unrighteousness. If you're sincere before God and you just confess that to him, he'll take care of it. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. The Bible tells us that we are Christ's ambassadors. Let it be to me according to your word. See, we just need to take the word of the Lord and really believe that it's for us. I could just imagine that young girl hearing all these things. I just wonder if she wanted to turn around and look and see if somebody else, who are you talking to? But the word of the Lord is for you. And you need to make up your mind that you're going to be that servant of the Lord. That you're going to serve God and let it be to you. According to his word. Stand with me. We're going to pray.